1: but you're balling on a budget? Now you can do it with Indochino. R.J. Barrett rocked New York City with his pink suit on draft day, and now you can shop his collection at Indochino. If you don't know, Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, sports coats, and more, and everything is made to your exact specifications. Plus, you get to personalize all the details, including your lapel, lining, and monogram process is simple choose your fabric pick your customations and submit your measurements your package will be delivered straight to your door in two weeks if online shopping isn't your thing you can get measured and design your suit at your nearest indochino showroom right now you can get 30 dollars off your total purchase of 3.99 or more at indochino.com when entering code blue wire at checkout plus shipping is free that's indochino.com promo code blue wire for $30 off your total purchase of 3 dollars or more, plus free shipping, that's an incredible deal for made-to-measure clothing. You really have no excuse anymore to wear clothing that doesn't fit you perfectly. Hello, and welcome to Laying the Points, brought to you by my bookie, Indochino, ShipStation, and Harry's. My name is Matt Lamarca. You can find me on Twitter, at Matt Lamarca, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Kyle Dvorak, who you can find on Twitter, at Kyle here. Kyle, what's going on, man?
2: Uh, not much. We had the Thanksgiving, uh, I guess, slate last week in DFS terms, but the Thanksgiving game is always fun. Uh, I went I went under 500 on our my pick five for the first time. What feels like forever, but still positive by a good margin on the week. You went three and two, gained one game over me, but uh, still overall a very good uh, stretch in the past. Basically, since the first probably four weeks. I'm uh, excited to kind of chop it up for week 14.
1: Yeah, I think I think we got two games wrong that we had in common. So the fact that I went three and zero on my other picks and you went two and one on your other picks, like that's actually okay uh we were dead wrong on the cardinals and uh pittsburgh Pittsburgh also really let us down i believe oh no i'm sorry i'm getting that backwards pittsburgh covered i was dead wrong on the colts as well
2: uh and we were both dead wrong on the cardinals i want to say did i like did i do something stupid like back in jacksonville no i don't think i did that um yeah i know i went two and three cardinals probably the most embarrassing one of
1: Oh, yeah, it's bad. It's bad when you lose a pick by like 30 points. So, uh, clearly something was off with our process there, but we'll have chances to improve. I mean, overall, we've done a, a good job this season. We'll talk about our records when we get to the end of the show. But for the most part, if you've been following our picks or, or at least just using them as part of your research process, you're, you've probably had a pretty good season. So, uh, one other thing that came through last week was, our my bookie free play that we gave out for the oh, other yes, Thanksgiving this game. Oh yes, I'm very
2: excited about this one. Maybe my favorite pick. We didn't my pick five but you you were locked into this pick. It was the specific game, so I'm very happy this worked out.
1: Right, our guy uh, Jeff Blow. Wow. Wow. right. Sorry, I was calling him bluff. I think on the show, but regardless, he came through and and covered that spread was up to seven once it became official that he was going to start. So. That was a nice little potential $250 present from my bookie. And just a reminder that my bookie is the official sports book of laying the point. Uh, make sure to go over there, sign up, get yourself a deposit bonus up to $1000. Use promo code ROTOVIS when you sign up to get that deposit bonus. No one gives you more ways to win over at mybookie.ag. They've got uh you know more bets, prop bets, sides, parlays. You could do it all over there, so uh, head over to mybookie.ag use promo code rotoviz and take advantage of that generous sign up offer mybookie.ag you play you win and you get paid also want to remind you guys about rotoviz radio patreon the fantasy playoffs are very are, are here if you were lucky enough to make them so now is the perfect time to take advantage of that RotoViz Radio Patreon subscription, you get access to the Slack channel where you can ask questions and gain league winning advice from the podcast and writing team. That's huge come playoff time when you've got those tricky starts decisions. You know, they're important all season, but in the playoffs, those decisions could cost you, you know, hundreds, maybe even thousands of dollars, depending on how high stakes you're playing. So head over to patreon.com slash RotoViz Radio. Do your part to help us. Produce high quality industry leading programming and gain exclusive access to our Slack channel. And speaking of exclusives, also make sure to head over to rotaviz.com/slash podcast. Get yourself a 10% discount off a Rotoviz NFL pass. Uh, if you haven't already done so, that's another tool that you're gonna want for the playoffs. Get access to all of our content and tools. You get a nice value and you support the podcast network, rotaviz.com/slash podcast. All right. Sunday, 1 p.m. games. As usual, we're going to, we're going to circle back and do the Thursday game last, just in case you're listening to this show later in the week. So, uh, we'll start with the Baltimore Ravens minus six at the Buffalo Bills. Uh, both of these teams coming off of impressive wins last week. The Ravens, maybe, you know, not so impressive, but they did win against a very good 49ers team. Uh, Buffalo, I've been saying all year that they're a fraud and, Maybe they still are, but it's certainly a lot tougher to say that after they dismantled the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. So, Kyle, what are your thoughts on this game?
2: Yeah, so I I would, yeah, we've been in agreement with that for a while. And, uh, I I mean, I guess it depends on the book, what lines you've been looking at. But Buffalo, depending on your book, is the number one team ATS right now against the spread uh, at 8-3-1. I, I don't know. I, I'm probably not confident in whoever I'd pick in this game. I do feel very good about the over. Buffalo's offense as of late has just been crushing. And I think over the past three or four games, they're averaging like 27 points a game. And then Baltimore, uh, best offensive unit in the league by a rather wide margin. Right now, they're averaging 33.8 points per game. Uh, San Francisco is number two and they're not even over 30. There's just, it's seemingly impossible to stop this offense. And I think Buffalo's offense is a bit underrated. They're hot as of late. I think the over on this one I really that'll be in my five almost for sure. Uh I'll probably I'll probably still go with Baltimore -6, but I have not a ton of confidence in that. How are you attacking this game?
1: Yeah, I think I think I'm siding with Buffalo. I mean, the spread to me I think is it's not way off. You know, it opened up at 7. When it was at 7, I thought that was a little too high for the Bills. Like uh, the Ravens might very well be the best team in football, but Are they 10 points better than the Bills on a neutral field? I'm not 100% sure. I think, you know, seven points on a neutral field is probably about right for me. So you factor in, you know, home field advantage for the Bills. And, you know, that should put this spread a little bit closer to like the four point range. So I do think that the Bills are, you know, the right side in terms of a, uh, you know, number perspective. I just have no interest in betting against Lamar Jackson anymore. Like that guy has, has made me look foolish basically every time I've tried it this season. He's your Ryan Tannehill. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, I, uh, I, I had Houston to cover against them and Baltimore just blew their doors off. So I do think, you know, again, mathematically, like the bills are probably the correct team here, especially if you look at the betting numbers, 80% 80% of the money right now, 74% of the bets coming in on the Ravens. So this is another chance, you know, to fade the the public in a, in what should be a pretty, you know, highly bet game, which is always something I like to do. But, I, you know, I don't know if I'll actually have the heart to pull the trigger against Jackson. All right, let's move on to the Washington Redskins at the Green Bay Packers. Washington is like suddenly kind of competent. You know, last week they had a huge performance uh, on the ground. I think Adrian Peterson and Darius Geis both went for over 100 yards. So they were able to uh, to get the cover and the win outright against the Detroit Lions. I'm sorry, the Carolina Panthers, who then went ahead and fired their man Riverboat Ron. But they did beat Detroit the week prior. So maybe the, maybe things are turning around for the Redskins, but now they have to go into Green Bay and face Aaron Rodgers, who has historically been excellent as a home favorite. So What do you think here? Can the Redskins make it another cover? So I'm going to go
2: back to a well that we've talked about uh, at other points this season where when you get these massive, massive favorites in low total games, uh, it's very difficult for Green Bay to cover when there's just not a lot of points to go around for them to cover with. With a 41 and a half point total. I think the total's right, but it's right because it's so low. These teams in terms of pace, uh Green Bay second to last in seconds per play. Uh Washington not too far behind them in uh it looks like six to last. Both these teams very much enjoy playing slow, methodical, and boring football. And uh, Washington, as you said, turning it around as of late. They've got a better rushing attack. I mean, they've had a decent rushing attack all year considering how awful their offense is. It shouldn't be. Uh, it's difficult to have a good rushing game when your offense is terrible. But now with guys in the lineup, it, it appears as though they at least have some sort of uh, like a like actually efficient rushing game. So I think I, I actually feel solid about the Redskins covering in this one, mostly because it's just such a large spread and such a low total game.
1: Yeah, I'm going uh, – I think I'm going to take the Packers. I I don't have a great feel for this one. I think that both of these teams, like, I think that this number is pretty right. Uh, the Packers are, are clearly the better team. And I mentioned how good Rodgers has historically been at home, uh, again, as a favorite. He's, uh, 48, 28 and three against the spread as a home favorite since 2003, including four and two this season. So Rodgers is really good in this situation. The advanced spread on this game was over over two touchdowns. So if you think about it that way, maybe the Packers minus 13 is a little bit of value. You know, like, is it that impressive that the Redskins ran all over Carolina? Uh, I'm not so sure. So I think I will side with the Packers, but I, I'm just never gonna bet favorites this big in the NFL, really. All right, let's move on to my favorite team, the Denver Broncos. They are getting nine and a half points on the road against the Texans. Uh, the Texans now suddenly I've seen a lot of people talk about as like a Super Bowl contender with that win over the Patriots, but I'm not sure if that win really moves the, the needle a ton for me like the Patriots look terrible in that contest. So what are your thoughts here? Are we going back to the well for what feels like the 100th time this season with the Denver Broncos?
2: Yeah, Denver. Uh, Denver might just have to be the the sponsor of this podcast. I know we have a lot of awesome sponsors, my bookie and some other ones, but uh, the Denver Broncos actually are the sponsor of this podcast because we have gone back to them so much. And I do think this is a pretty large spread for a team to uh, cover, especially when Denver. I don't like Drew Locke didn't like wow anyone with this performance. He was still a pretty low adjusted yards per attempt. But when you're going from like Joe Flacco to Brandon Allen, then Brandon Allen to Drew Locke, I still think it's a it's a minor upgrade. Uh, I just it's a large spread for them to cover. I'm probably not putting this one in my five, but I, I will go back to the Denver well.
1: Yeah, I like Denver. Uh no surprise there. My one concern is that, you know, Houston does have Romeo Cornell as their defensive coordinator. Uh that could be a problem for a rookie quarterback. You know, typically Cornell is, is the kind of guy who will throw some things at him that maybe he hasn't seen before. So it's gonna be a big step up in weight class this week for him, but I do think that the spread jumping all the way up to nine and a half is too high. Like, to me, the Broncos are still a solid football team. They just have questions at the quarterback position. And that's obviously the worst place to have questions, right? You know, like, you don't want to have questions at quarterback. But given the rest of the talent on this roster and, you know, like Cortland Sutton, I think is probably the best NFL wide receiver that people don't talk about. Uh, I have no problem grabbing the points with the Broncos. I'm hoping this gets to ten. If this gets to ten, the Broncos will definitely be a play for me this week. But I still, I still think nine and a half has some value.
2: Yeah, and Denver has had awful quarterback play all season, and they're seven and five against the spread. Like that has been, uh, like it's n- nothing new with that, and they've still been able to cover more often than not with the bad quarterback play, which I think is important to
1: point out. All right, let's get into the potential game of the week here. We've got uh, San Francisco 49ers heading down to New Orleans to take on the Saints. What a brutal stretch here for the 49ers. They have to go from at Baltimore to now at New Orleans. Uh, The Saints are favored by two and a half points, and the total on this game sits at 44. So, Kyle, who do you like in what could be a potential NFC Championship showdown?
2: Yeah, I think this is definitely one of my favorite games, at least to watch, just to learn more about the NFL on this slate. Uh, At this one, so how much would you—I guess, how much do you think it is going to impair the 49ers going from a a difficult road loss in Baltimore to another difficult road game in New Orleans? Because that's something I don't uh, have—like, I don't have a good read on how that would affect a team like San Francisco.
1: Yeah, I don't know if that's a huge handicapping factor. I mean— Uh, did they like there's a lot of things here right this is a west coast team they just played in baltimore and now they're in new orleans i don't know if they stayed on the east coast i don't know if they flew back to san francisco that's probably something that i should look into right because if they did fly back after that baltimore game and now they have to fly again across the country that's a lot of traveling to play two really good teams Uh, for me the more important factor is just that i think that the Saints as a small home favorite are a substantially like, they're they're a good bet here. We haven't seen the best football really from New Orleans recently, but Drew Brees home favorite historically is just really, really good. Uh, I think that the fact that this we're getting less than a full field goal here, it makes them a really appealing play. And I also enjoy the uh, public perception on this game. Right now, two-thirds of the bets are coming in at, on the Niners as a public underdog. So it's very rare that we get to, you know, fade the public with a home favorite, but that's exactly what we get to do here with the Saints. So I'm definitely all about that opportunity.
2: Yeah, I would also imagine it's pretty rare that we get to uh, be somewhat contrarian by taking Drew Reese and the Saints at home, which is another spot exactly that I'd like to get into. Uh, yeah, so I'll probably take the Saints here as well with you.
1: All right, let's talk about ShipStation with the holiday rush here. You have to be able to get your orders out quickly, efficiently, and affordably. But how do you keep track of all those orders? How do you decide which carrier to use? And how do you know that you're getting the best rates? That's where ShipStation.com comes in with just a few clicks You'll be managing orders, printing labels, and getting those products out the door and delivered in time for the holidays. ShipStation works with all the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, and UPS, so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Take the hassle out of holiday shipping this year. Let ShipStation help you handle it all with ease. Just use my offer code BLUE to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free of no hassle, stress-free holiday shipping. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in BLUE. ShipStation.com, promo code BLUE. ShipStation, make ship happen. Also want to talk to you guys about Harry's. Are you looking for a great gift for someone in your life? Don't go with something dull or cliche like socks, a wallet, or a tie. I mean, a tie in 2019 might be the most useless gift you can give somebody. Like, I can't remember the last time I wore a tie to something other than a wedding, Kyle. Like, can you... What's the... When do you wear a tie anymore?
2: Um, yeah, I think a few times... And if I have a good day in DFS, I'll just sit pantsless with the tie on. That's a personal thing. I wouldn't wear it for the public.
1: <laughs> well, um, yeah, I, I guess that works for a tie. So maybe get Kyle a tie. But if you're not like t- Kyle, get them something they can use every day. Harry's is a gift that is both thoughtful and practical. It's a great deal for you and him. Holiday sets start at just $20, which is well within Secret Santa limits. And blade refills cost just $2.00. So your guy will save money over time. It comes in a ready to gift handsome holiday gift box. Plus your gift gives back 1% of each sale will be donated to charitable organization. As a special offer for the fans of the show, we've partnered with Harry's to give you $5 off any shave set, including their limited edition holiday sets. When you go to harrys.com slash plus you'll get free shipping each set comes with a weighted handle the option to engrave a five blade razor cartridge foaming shave gel for a rich lather travel cover to protect your blades and a handsome holiday gift box just make sure to act before december 16th that's when free shipping ends so head on over to harrys.com bluewire blue wire harrys.com slash blue and take advantage of this awesome offer All right, let's continue on with the 1 o'clock games. So now we have the Cincinnati Bengals heading into Cleveland. Cleveland is favored by 8 points, and the total sits at 41. Uh, do you have a feel one way or the other here?
2: Yeah, so I, I think the the Browns are in an interesting bounce-back spot here, given that Baker Mayfield was playing particularly strong like at, in a few weeks. Against good opponents in, like, Buffalo and Pittsburgh and Denver, he had thrown all of uh, one interception in four games, and he had been sacked no more than two times, which were both, like, the major problems that were ailing this team were incredible amounts of turnovers and Baker getting sacked all the time. Then he kind of ran into a wall against Pittsburgh. Uh, They kind of had their way with him. He went for under 200 yards, threw a pick, got sacked five times, but he played in Pittsburgh against a very stout defense that was also kind of determined to play a slow classic AFC North type of game. I think it was a good bounce back spot. Eight's a lot to cover, but I'll still take still take Cleveland here. I just think uh we're kind of we're we're getting to the point where we're seeing a Browns offense that we thought we would and they as always have a, a solid defense.
1: Yeah, I I can't I can't take the the Browns laying this many points. Uh I know that the Bengals have been terrible for most of the year, but they do have Andy Dalton back. They're getting John Ross back and the, their offense has been at their best this year when they've had Ross on the field to go with you know Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon. So Cleveland is like basically done at this point their season's over they have like nothing left to play for uh Freddie Kitchens feels like he is basically got one foot out the door it would it would surprise me if he's back for another season so I think this ultimately just goes down as a lost year for the Browns and uh with that in mind, I'll take the Bengals to keep this within a touchdown. All right, Carolina Falcons at the. The Carolina Falcons are not a real team. The Carolina Panthers, however, will be taking on the Atlanta Falcons in Atlanta. Atlanta's favored by three points. Total on this game is 47.5. So the big news here is obviously Ron Rivera has been relieved of his duties by the Carolina Panthers. What do you think of that for this game? Like, does that give them extra motivation, do you think? What are your thoughts? Yeah,
2: it's like, I guess my, uh, my math nerd brain says that there's not, uh, like, it's hard to quantify something as, as uh, human, like, psychological-centric as that. It doesn't really factor in too much to me, and I don't think we're going to see much change because they had, who was, I think, just listed as, like, their secondary coach, uh, moved up to the interim head coach. North Turner moved up to an assistant to the head coach, and then their quarterbacks coach, uh, whose last name, shockingly, is Turner. I wonder if they're like obviously they're related. It's a huge cronyism organization. Uh, so I don't think it's going to change much in terms of uh, in terms of like what we actually see of the on-field product. So for me, I guess I'll probably just take the Panthers. I guess off a bad week, although I'm I think this is a very fair line. I'm not super confident. How much do you weigh what the what the Falcons did to the Panthers the last time they met in Carolina as well into this matchup?
1: I weigh it none. Um, I mean we the last time we saw the Falcons or two times ago when we saw the Falcons play the Saints, they held them to you know their worst offensive game in this of the season, and New Orleans absolutely blew their doors off on Thanksgiving. You know, like I know the final score ended up being somewhat close, but Uh, The Falcons had to recover like three consecutive onside kicks just to make it a game. So, yeah, to me, I'm not putting a ton of stock into their previous matchup. If if anything, it might give the Panthers a bit of a motivational edge, you know, kind of going out there to avenge that loss. So I think when you factor that plus the coaching change, like I do think that we're going to see the Panthers best effort this week, and that's enough to make me uh, side with them.
2: Yeah, not that I really weigh in any of this, but uh, every like every like n- every Carolina Panther player or fan really seems like disappointed by the firing of of Ron Rivera. Like I, they all seem to think he was just like one of the best coaches they had played for or watched coach. So if you're into the motivation stuff, if there were a coach getting fired that would motivate a team, it seems like he'd be the guy. I'm not into it, but
1: <laughs> I, uh, you know, the riverboat was a fun thing for a while, like. I don't think he's a coach that matters, but I also don't think he's a coach that, like, actively detracts from a team, you know? Yeah, that's
2: that's how I felt. He's just, like, middle of the road, and that's almost, I mean, that's what the average coach is. I didn't think he was that awful of a coach. Uh, And, yeah, didn't matter. Very, very apt way to put it.
1: So let's move on to the Detroit Lions at the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings are favored by 12.5 points at home. Total on this game sits at 43. So... Uh, I thought that the uh, the Blau story was nice last week. We got a cover with them. But I really expect Minnesota to kind of blow the doors off of the Detroit Lions here. Um, the Vikings have played a tough string of games recently. You know, road against Seattle, they lost that game. Uh, home versus Denver, they won close. On the road against the Cowboys, they won close. On the road against Kansas City, they lost by three points. So that's like a tough string of games. Now they get this cake matchup versus the Lions, who have not stopped anybody uh, recently. So I think that the Vikings are in a spot where they could potentially put up like a 40-burger. And if that happens, I don't see Detroit keeping up with them.
2: Yeah, I think uh, I'm I'm turning myself into a a big old Kirk Cousins stand because he has been... Uh, like, I would say wildly underrated this year. I don't know how great of a quarterback he is, but, like, his his quarterback rating is second league only behind Ryan Tannehill. Oh, my God. Uh, only behind Ryan Tannehill. He's thrown, like, he's thrown one of the league bottom interception rates, especially relative to throwing a high touchdown rate. His adjusted yards per attempt is at the top of the league. Like, no matter, I, I would just say no matter how you measure it, Kirk Cousins has been a, a really incredible quarterback, especially he started slow in the first few weeks, first four, I believe, weeks since then. He's been almost certain, like one of the top two, two to three passers without question. And uh, he's also done that without Adam Thielen, who isn't going to be back in the lineup this week, it looks like, but just uh, lending more credence to how good he's been. And yeah, the Lions have not stopped anyone and they've been crushed by opposing passers specifically. I mean, they've been crushed by everybody. So, yeah, I think uh, I think I like this as a, a very good Viking spot to buy low.
1: Yeah, and the one knock with Cousins is that like he can't win close competitive games in the fourth quarter, right? Like if you're going to make an argument against Kirk Cousins, that would be it. I Think he's 0-8 so, on Monday night, <laughs> right, 0-9 now, I believe. Oh so, no, no, we saw it last week. You know, he had a fourth and three to uh, to keep the drive alive against Seattle, couldn't convert it. I'm not saying that, that that it's his fault that they lost that game. Like, he played very well, I thought. But uh, that's the knock, right? He, he hasn't won, like, he doesn't have the big signature drive, the big signature win. So uh, I don't think that he'll need that against the Detroit Lions. So, like, whatever concerns you may have about Kirk Cousins, they're probably not valid here. All right, Miami Dolphins heading up to New York to take on the Jets. Jets are favored by five and a half points total on this game. Sits at 45 and a half. Uh, the Jets losing last week was the most predictable thing I can remember as a Jets fan. Like We talked about it on the show. I didn't have the heart to bet against my team in the five-pack, but I knew they were losing that game. I had zero confidence that they were going to win as a road favorite in Cincinnati with Andy Dalton back at quarterback. Like I'm not sure why Cincinnati was so motivated to win a game, but I knew it was coming. So... That said, I do think that this might be a good bounce-back spot for them. Uh, I know that the Dolphins have been a little bit frisky recently, but they're still not very good. Uh, they're down, like, so many wide receivers. They they have no running backs. I mean, this Patrick Laird thing has been fun. What do you mean they
2: have no running backs? They just signed Zach Zenner. Are you kidding me?
1: <laughs> Your boy. uh, Yeah, listen, like, I, I, I'm taking the Jets. I, I'm out on the Dolphins. Uh, I don't think their defense is good. They have one guy on offense who concerns you, and I think the Jets should be able to bounce back here. And especially considering they lost the Dolphins the first time they played, I th- I don't think that they'll be taking them lightly. I think that that will get their best effort here. Yeah, I,
2: I want to be a Dolphins fan because they're playing uh, pretty well as of recently, but like even just on the season as a whole and throughout his career, Ryan Fitzpatrick not very good. I get he had a good game against an awful Eagles defense last week. But, uh, I don't know, that's not awfully unexpected. So, for me, like, he's still, like, bottom three in the league in, in quarterback rating, bottom bottom three in the league in adjusted yards per attempt. He's just, I don't know, he's still Ryan Fitzpatrick. He just happened to have one of those Ryan Fitzpatrick games. He does, and I do agree with you that he is in a good, or that uh, the Jets are in a good bounce-back spot here. So, yeah, I'll probably side with the Jets. Not awfully confident in ever betting
1: for the Jets, though. As you shouldn't be. <laughs> Uh, all right. Indianapolis Colts at Tampa Bay Buccaneers last 1 p.m. game here. Bucks are favored by three points. Total sits at 47. So it feels like the Colts have been pretty good this year, but they sit at just six and six. Tampa Bay is five and seven. Uh, I honestly don't have a great read on this game, one way or the other. Like to me, these are two pretty Jekyll and Hyde teams. Like you never know when you're gonna get the Jameis Winston you know, five interception performance. Uh, we had Elliot Christ on the On The Daily podcast this week, and he said that Jameis is top two in the league in sacks, fumbles, and interceptions. Like, what a stud. <laughs> what a what a godsend for, for fantasy purposes. But uh, for real life, that's probably not advised for a quarterback that you want to make a wager on. So I'm pretty torn here. I, I I don't feel like I can make a strong argument one way or the other.
2: Yeah, I, I am firmly, I, this is, um, I, Jacob Brissett was a guy who I doubted from the beginning of the season. He was running wildly hot with touchdowns, but like some players are just capable of, of outperforming expectation. Like some players are just, uh, that efficient even when it comes to random things like touchdowns. I would say Jacob Brissett, not one of those guys. Uh, he's thrown one touchdown and he's thrown no more than one touchdown in all of his past five, past six games, although he did miss one of them basically the entire game. And without that like high-end touchdown variance, they really don't stand like much of a chance. Their offense has been pretty much shut down by everyone they played in the past few weeks except for Jacksonville's struggling defense, and uh, they'll be without T.Y. Hilton, assumedly, uh, without Chester Rogers and Eric Ebron. It's just they're kind of down to, to nobody at this point, and this, this line just seems like it really does them a lot of credit for what they did early in the season. I feel as confident as you can back in Tampa Bay on this side.
1: Yeah, you know what? I, I might be giving the Colts a li- like you said, too much credit for what they did early in the season because and I mean they
2: were good in the early end of the yeah. season. It was just kinda of, they've succumbed to injuries, they were running hot in touchdowns, and I just think this is very favorable from what they did earlier in the season. And also since T. White Hilton left, he came back for like a third or so of the team snaps. I want to say week like 12 or something, but since he was initially injured, they've averaged like one and a half to two points less, and it's not a ton, but in terms of him being like their only dynamic playmaker, I just don't see how they're going to contend with, even if they turn over a lot, the Bucks' offense.
1: Right, and they're going to need some passing offense here, because Tampa Bay, surprisingly, first in the league in rush defense DVOA, so... Doesn't feel like a week where they can just lean on their running game and give their running backs, you know, 30 plus touches. So uh, Jacoby Brissett's going to have to make some plays, whether it be to, uh, you know, Jack Doyle or Zach Paschal, uh, maybe Paris Campbell comes back this week, but like they just don't have a lot going for them in their receiving core right now and they're going to need it against Tampa Bay. So definitely uh, the more I think about it, the more Tampa Bay stands out to me as a as a decent play. All right, Sunday at four o'clock, Los Angeles Chargers taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Chargers are favored by three points here on the road, and the total on this game sits at 43 points. So, do you have any thoughts on this game, Kyle? Like, personally, these two teams haven't existed for me in about the last three or four weeks. So,
2: this is, are there any, like, are there any two more, like, Comically bumbling franchises, cause like some teams are just legitimately bad. Like, like there's no doubting that Washington is a bad football team. Like both of these teams have some talented players and we just see, especially, uh, especially, um, the Chargers, but even like Jacksonville last week trotting out Nick Foles to just get stomped in the first half. Like, it just seems like both of these teams are comically bad where some teams are just sad bad uh and of course the Chargers losing in another hilarious and iconic fashion. So <laughs> I'll probably I'll probably roll with uh the mustache Minshew mania. I do think this is uh, an improvement for their offense. I don't think he's the like the the player to complete their franchise, but Nick Foles has been very bad this season. Uh has been unable to lead like can't lead their team to score. He's thrown more turnovers on a per-temp basis than Gardner Minshew. It's just uh, – I don't – like. I think this makes sense for them. I think it's a advantage to have him in, not a huge one. And just having the Chargers come in on the road, I, I never am betting for the Chargers. And I think we're getting a small edge by getting Gardner Minshew back in the lineup.
1: Yeah, I mean the one thing that you, that you like is you know that if this game is close, the, the Chargers will find a way to lose it.
2: Unless, unless we get a close game with Leonard Fournette on the one yard line, ten downs—it doesn't matter. He will not get in.
1: <laughs> I mean, last week, just, just a comically bad loss. I mean, they what did the what did the the Broncos get the ball back with? Like fifteen seconds against a rookie quarterback, and somehow you give up a pass interference penalty. Like, just they invent new ways to lose every season. Every like, it's it's bad. You know, if they if they aren't missing field goals, they're committing penalties, they're fumbling the ball, they're throwing interceptions. They're just a joke. So I agree like Philip Rivers, he had a great run. He probably ends up in the Hall of Fame someday. He's done. And this the, he has no support around him. Like the coach is a buffoon and the front office has has very little idea too. So uh yeah, I will take the Jacksonville Jaguars but at the same time, it's not like Jacksonville is this model franchise that we should be looking <laughs> at either. So, all right, I mentioned that the uh, the Saints and the Forty uh, Nine ers was the best game of the week, but the Chiefs and the Patriots might have something to say about it. I know the Patriots have struggled, but they are still the Patriots, right? Like you always have to be a little bit hesitant to throw some dirt on their grave even with a 42 year old quarterback so they're favored by three points this week at home versus the chiefs standard three point home favorite total on this game sits at 49 so can we expect new england to turn things around this week or will you be doing the unthinkable kyle will you be wagering against the patriots
2: yeah uh so i i definitely won't be putting this in my five because i'm very conflicted like you said i mean i really do think the patriots are a a struggling team at this point just i mean for being a top tier team they are struggling to maintain that top tier status especially when you look at how like poor their offense has been just unable to like do a ton and their defense like once their defense stopped scoring touchdowns it stopped being this huge difference maker they had uh and like obviously scoring touchdowns defense is highly unsustainable so like they're averaging like Two thirds or three quarters of a touchdown per game through eight weeks or something like that, insane. Uh, so yeah, I, I am not betting this one, but uh, give me Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs.
1: Yeah, I uh, I'm locking in the Pats. I just feel like this is this is the week for the Patriots. It happens every so often where you get people doubting them, and you need to take advantage of these situations when they arise. So. Right now, the Pats are only getting 41% of the public support. We know how good that they are in general, uh, just as a, a team that covers the spread. But when you're looking at, you know, the Patriots getting less than 50% of the public betting, 29-15-2 against the spread uh over the period that we've been tracking. So since 2003, that's a 28% ROI it's just a spot where you need to take advantage of them tom brady as a home favorite also incredibly good which is not surprising 33 11 and 5 against the spread as a as a home favorite of less than 7 points i should say so that's a 42% return on investment maybe this isn't the same patriots team maybe they are finally done this time but i've i've seen i've seen them come back from the dead so many times that it's not going to surprise me at all when they win this game by like three touchdowns. And I do think that there's a formula for them to do it. You know, like the biggest weakness for the Pats right now has been their passing game. They have very limited weapons on the outside. Their pass protection hasn't been great. And Tom Brady has looked old. Well, luckily, that might not matter against the Chiefs. Uh, The Patriots are not a team that has run the ball great this season. But you don't need to run the ball great to just dominate Kansas City on the ground. We've seen them all year get crushed by running backs. They're 30th in rush defense DVOA. So I think that between, you know, uh, Sony Michelle, and maybe even Rex Burkhead back from the dead, James White, like I think that the Pats will run the ball, set up some play action, and I think that they're going to win this game. I,
2: I I like the energy you just brought with that, and I am fully convinced that also is a large part of me being a very weak-willed human being. But uh, anytime you can convince me to like, anytime you have anything that supports back New England as a staunch, always bet New England truther, uh, I have changed. <laughs> I have changed my bet, and I was at one point considering putting them in the in the five. But I do have one more coming down the line that I like more. So let's hop into the next one. We have Pittsburgh minus two and a half at Arizona. Oh, Arizona went out and embarrassed us last week. But uh, did we have, I think, did we both have Pittsburgh last week as well? So, you know, one side of this stomped us, but the other one did us some money. So
1: Yeah, and I am all in on the the duck. I like the duck. I think he's better than Mason Rudolph. Uh, but you, all, you know I'm already all in on the Cardinals. So this is two things that I really love going at each other. Uh, I will take the Cardinals as a small home favorite, but... To me, this is a uh, a stay away type game.
2: Yeah, I agree, especially just with like the moving parts of the duck coming in. It's hard to get a, a accurate read on this team, and especially against uh, Arizona Cardinals defense that has just been like slaughtered by every passing attack they face, especially last week. I agree, it's a stay away. Um, I, I probably back the home home dog Cardinals, but it's uh, will not be in my five for sure.
1: All right, last game on the afternoon slate, Titans minus two and a half at the Oakland Raiders. Uh, the Raiders, they need a win if they want to keep their playoff soap alive, and I think that they can get one this week against the Titans.
2: Okay, all right. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I will at no point in the rest of my life ever bet for or against the Titans because, like, there's like you can't tell me that Ryan Tannehill is not run hot literally being in some metrics the most efficient passer in the league but at the same time i have been doubting him for weeks on end he's also taken the second uh, the second highest sack percentage in the league uh and he's actually gone Turnover less in a few weeks, or at least uh, interceptionless. But he's that's something he's done all all of his career as well. So I will never be betting a Titans game or a Ryan Tannehill game, I guess, for the rest of my life. But I, I would also like the Raiders in this spot.
1: Yeah, there. I mean, it's it's tough. Like the the Raiders are have looked awful, but I think that's part of the reason why you want to jump back in with them. Like the advanced spread on this game was a pick 'em. Now we're getting almost a full touchdown or a full field goal, and you can find some plus threes out there. So uh, I think that the Raiders are the team here. Like the Titans have played well, but they have gotten some just ridiculously good performances from Derrick Henry on the ground. Now, maybe he carves up Oakland and you know he has another game with like 150 yards and two touchdowns but consider me skeptical that he's just going to run for 150 yards and two touchdowns every single week like derek henry's a good football player but he's not prime adrian peterson or he's not jim brown like eventually he's going to slow down and when that happens the titans are uh, are not going to be able to put up a bunch of points so i think that the raiders are a nice little buy low opportunity here sunday night football Seattle Seahawks at the Los Angeles Rams no uh the line right now is pick and the total on this game is 47 so the Rams obviously dismantled the Cardinals are they back like is this a uh was that a get right win or is this a situation where it was a, a blip on the radar and now they're going to go back to being an incompetent football team I don't know
2: if they will go back to being an incompetent football team, but I think that was a – the Cardinals are not – like the Cardinals are pretty trash uh, win, especially just like like their offense didn't perform, but at least their offense has performing spots. Their defense is just, just abhorrent. Like that should not be on an NFL field, and the Rams being a competent offense took significant advantage of that. So like – I don't think they're back necessarily. I'll take Seattle pretty soundly. I just think Seattle's a significantly better football team. I get they're on the road, but a pick seems unfair to having the— I'll call him the number two MVP. Lamar Jackson, I feel like, barring any change, has pretty much got it locked down. But I'll take the runner-up MVP in the Seattle Seahawks pretty cleanly over a team that has been disappointing in a number of spots all season.
1: So this is from RJ Bell, who you can follow on Twitter— Uh, the Seahawks have outscored their opposition by 36 points this year. Uh, they are the first team in NFL history to win 10 of their first 12 games without averaging more than a, you know, without outscoring their opposition by more than a field goal per game. So like the Seahawks have run so hot in terms of their results. And part of that is because they have Russell Wilson who is the anti Kirk cousins right like if you put the ball in his hands late you almost expect him to get the job done uh, that that's they're always going to be better than their you know like Pythagorean record or you know like their record in close games is always going to be inflated because of of Wilson but it seems like it is particularly inflated this season so I, I I've been fading them a lot and I've lost a lot doing so but at the same time i'm not in the business to start piling on board the rams bandwagon either so i will take seattle for the reasons we just talked about like i do think that if this game is close wilson will find a way to win it for seattle but i don't feel great about this game either way like before the season started this spread would have been rams like minus seven you know so i get that the rams are not as good as we thought but who knows all right, I lied. This is the best game of the week, Kyle. Monday Night Football, the return of Eli Manning. Eli and the Giants head into Philly. Eagles are favored by nine and a half. Total on this game is 46. Um, I have been maybe the biggest Eli Manning detractor out there basically for the past 15 years. Uh, I just don't think he's ever been that good of a quarterback. Neither Super Bowl MVP that he won should be his, like some defensive player should have won them. Uh, The guy will be a Hall of Famer, but he's just never been that good of a quarterback. So he's now well past his prime. He hasn't played in months. What do we think about his chances against Philly, who is now tied with the Cowboys for the lead in the NFC East?
2: So I hate to do this because Daniel Jones is fun to watch, but he has been uh, pretty atrocious, especially with like, like backbreaking turnovers. I mean, essentially a lot of them are, but uh, just giving the other team such an incredible advantage on a weekly basis, they are tied in the, in the NFL in giveaways with the, the Buccaneers, as we talked about earlier uh, under Jameis Winston. And that doesn't even include the fact that, uh, that Eli Manning played his two first games and he was throwing interceptions at a lower rate than, uh, than Daniel Jones and Daniel Jones has fumbled so much that I'm sure Eli Manning fumbled less as well. So I, I don't want to say this is an upgrade, but I think it brings them at least a lot closer to, to not making as many bad mistakes. Yeah. I'll say it's an upgrade when it comes to against the spread. Is it an upgrade for their franchise? Obviously not, but I think it'll make it easier to keep games closer.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. I uh, I was kind of trying to uh, do the old bait and switch on you there with that lead-in. But I like the Giants. I think the Giants are going to be one of, one of my five plays this week. Philly is not good. You know, like, uh, I, I said that they were tied for the NFC East lead. They're one game back of the Cowboys. So this is obviously a huge game for them, and the Giants are really playing for nothing. But I still don't think that they deserve to be favored by, you know, nine and a half points here. Like, the, that spread says that they're roughly seven points better than the Giants on a neutral field. I don't agree with that. Their defense is terrible. Uh, as long as the the Giants can pass protect for Eli, which is a huge if, uh, I think that they'll be able to move the ball and keep this game competitive. Because that's the one area where you can say that that Eli is a clear downgrade from Daniel Jones. Is He's like a statue at this point. So... If they don't block, their offense is going to, to struggle. But as long as they do, I think that Eli can, you know, protect the ball better and, you know, give us comparable results through the air. So give me the G-Men getting nine and a half. All right. Last game of the week is actually the first game of the week. We'll swing back to Thursday night now. Cowboys favored by three points at the, on the road against the Chicago Bears. Uh, the Bears let a lot of people down on Thanksgiving. The Cowboys let a lot of people down on Thanksgiving. So which team bounces back this week?
2: Uh, I guess I'll take Dallas because as we've seen all season, whenever Dallas plays a competent NFL team, it's very difficult for them to cover the spread. Uh, They're a poorly coached team with uh, way too much talent than they deserve for how they're run. But uh, the Bears are one of those teams that is not very good, and I think this is a a spot that would make sense for Dallas to cover. Uh, Not an awfully large spread of just a field goal. I already have my five locked in, so I'm not uh, not too worried about this one. But I would I would pick Dallas here just because I think this is like a, a Dallas formulaic win.
1: Yeah, I, I I think I agree with that. I mean, this is not a game that I have a ton of interest in either. Uh, but like just looking at Dallas, you get Dak Prescott, and Chicago does not. They have Mitch Trubisky, so I think that is enough for <laughs> to push me in the direction of the Dallas Cowboys. All right, let's get into the My Five presented by My Bookie. We talked about it at the top of the show. I went three and two last week. Kyle, you went two and three. Uh, my season record now stands at 35, 24 and one. Kyle, you are 33 and 27. So two and a half games back, right in this thing. Uh, this is going to be a, a competitive finish. So why don't you tell me where you are leaning this week?
2: So uh, I'll kick it off with Buffalo Baltimore over 43 and a half for the team for the uh, game total Washington plus 13 New Orleans minus two and a half the Bucks minus three uh, that's one where I can very easily see Jameis just force feeding like defensive touchdowns and killing me but I think they're just a significantly better team than the hampered Indianapolis team and Giants uh, Giants with that large spread of nine and a half I was initially gonna have Seattle in there but uh Anytime I can bet with a guy who's 35 24 and one I will take I will take my chances with that uh, I just I felt much better after we talked through the the giant side of things that that's just a large spread for a pretty not that uh, pretty mediocre Philly team to cover
1: yeah so it's gonna be tough for you to make up ground on me this week because we have three of the same picks and I promise there's no gamesmanship involved I just these are my five best bets if they were five different games than you. That's what I would do. Uh, we can switch up the order. I'll pick first next week. So, uh, well, Well, no, I mean, I took, I took Giants,
2: you know, on, on your advice, essentially. If I was, I I am, despite the fact that I would love to take over, uh, take over the record holder on this show, I would much rather just make good bets.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. That's the goal. Like the competition is secondary. Trying to, uh, to get picks right is first. So I am also on New Orleans minus two and a half. I am on the Giants plus nine and a half. And similarly to how I kind of gassed you up on the Giants, you got me very hyped on the Bucks, So I am putting them in Bucks minus three. Uh, my other two picks, I'm going back to my favorite team, the Denver Broncos getting nine and a half points. And I am betting on Tom Brady and the Patriots, New England minus three. Um, can't wait for, you know, watching all the talking heads on ESPN go from saying the Patriots are done. Tom Brady is done this week to next week saying that they are once again, the Super Bowl favorites because that's what talking heads are for. They're for leveraging and making money off of. That's it. That's all that they're there for.
2: They have an economic value and I respect that. (laughs)
1: All right. That's going to do it for this week's edition of laying the points for Kyle, who you can find on Twitter at Kyle tweets here. I'm Matt LaMarca at Matt LaMarca. Thanks for tuning in.